Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 15th episode of the HSBG podcast. I'm your host, Educate Collins. I'm here with my constant co-host, Shady Bunny. How you doing? I'm doing all right. I think you need to swap. I know, I know. Yeah, all right. I just, uh, <laughs> you know, we're all good, man. We're all good. No, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Oh, how are you, Collins? Uh, I'm doing great. I just uh, need to swap the names real quickly and then we should be good all right but so now was, we can properly introduce our guests right? uh, and he, i'm here with our, we're here with our special guest rdu how are you doing today as well uh great had a massive win streak somehow i don't know it's one of those rare days where i win games <laughs> i think you're selling your show straight a little bit here uh, every time i watch you you're always on a massive win streak so you you know you're always like oh i got so lucky i'm in a massive win streak and every time i tune in it's a massive win streak every single day so you know you know they need to watch more often <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's probably true but uh uh hope everything's well it's really nice to have you here right i i want to i always wanted to talk about um so you play uh, a lot of constructed and uh, a lot of BGs, right? I always want to talk to you. How do you balance that, right? How do you balance the constructed and the the battlegrounds? Well, right? I balance it by not doing anything else. <laughs> no, I mean jo jokes. Jokes aside, it's basically just like streaming battlegrounds for like a bit less than normal. Like normal would be like let's say eight hours. I would stream like five, and then just practice a little bit off stream before and after the stream. And that's usually enough to keep up with the rest of the Grandmasters. I feel like this wouldn't be enough three years ago, but the field is softer now, even in Grandmasters, compared to like years ago. I mean, it makes sense because the prize pool is like a lot of times uh, smaller. And there's also way less people watching. So like being the best at constructed in the world is not as valuable as it was five years ago. So the competition is also a bit less uh, strong. That's in, that's an interesting thing. So you think it's gotten a little bit easier for you in in uh, constructed? Like you might say the con uh, competition's a little bit stronger, but maybe like you've played so long, you get, you got better at analyzing uh, what to do. But uh, and you know you know you're you're kind of selling yourself short. Like oh, I've played a lot of time. I know the meta. I know how to adjust quickly, so I can kind of get through it right because i'm sure if you talk to all the other competitors they wouldn't be like we're weak <laughs> you know we're struggling right now they'd be like no we're they're trying their best right but you you've been there for a long time and you've really uh had a lot of meta changes throughout your time playing right so maybe you've just gotten a lot better at learning how to adjust the meta quickly figuring out what's good and then executing on that really well so yeah, i mean maybe for sure experience plays a part but we also don't have players like Life coach or Stan Sivka or Super JJ and a couple of others playing. So like the field definitely got softer, no matter how you look at it. All right, fair enough. You know, I'm not the one playing in there. You are right, so I will take your. Uh, also, expertise. like ba Balgrans took a lot of the player base. Like <laughs> Balgrans made a lot of people interested in only Balgrans, people that otherwise maybe would compete at the highest level in constructed. That that's true, right? I I do think battlegrounds did kind of take a lot of players as well. So that that also is a a good point, right? The player base is a little bit separate, right? The people that are playing battlegrounds aren't necessarily like you, right? Who also plays constructed at a high level. So uh, it did kind of separate a lot of the player base and maybe the people that would do well in constructed are instead focusing their time in battlegrounds as well. So 
that that is a that is also a very fair point too in uh in doing that but we know you can do it both you can do both very very well so it's always good to have you here and uh, see what you bring to this conversation when we talk about uh, some of the battlegrounds. We always start with the weekly overview, just um, kind of how how things feel this week, right? We've had a, a recent patch uh, that came out yesterday, I believe, and we're going to talk about that later. But overall, um, I uh, well, I, I want to talk about the patch <laughs> right now. Uh, but overall, I think the meta has been... Um, getting a little bit better or a little bit less like crazy where uh, people like kill you out of nowhere and you don't really know. I think that's what we were talking about last week where a lot of the times people would just kind of, you wouldn't know when people were strong where you'd see them get something and then, okay, next it's, it's like a quillboard ramp or some random like Kelly ghost ramp and you just get killed from nowhere. I think that's gotten, down a little bit of course there's still like boat cheese or or random like death rattle nonsense that can kill you out of nowhere but i do think it's a little bit better and with the patch changes i think that also helps as well what about you guys um my week's been okay i feel like i've i'm, I'm maybe a little bit too comfortable on tier four sometimes like ah i guess i could <laughs> up this game you know so <laughs> it's no it, it's been it's been solid um same as always i'm just trying to bide my time, trying to find those those juicy triples. It feels like, I mean, we could talk about the patch, but I mean, we talked about it this week. We kind of talk about it anyway. Like, it feels like Flatless could still, like, find the pull, right? It's not like I'm like, ooh, got to take the little rag, right? So, <laughs> one, you know, doesn't doesn't really feel like that. Uh, what about you, Adi? Anything yeah. you've been noticing? Yeah, I feel the same way. Flatless is still, like, really good. Like, now, without Agum, probably Charla is, like, pretty better. But, like, Flatask is still a really good 6, and Kangor going to 5 makes it so that you want 6s even more. I mean, it doesn't matter that much, because mechs are not always available, but it matters a bit. Wait. And, um, yeah, regarding Tavern 4, I need to get better at, like, playing on Tavern 4, because I really want to go to 5. I don't know, I just I just want to go to 5. I feel like you cannot win games on 4, the, the... unless you play, like, an insane goal grabber or champion comp. I, you you are just like me, by the way. Anytime I watch you, I'm like, yes, let's go. <laughs> six. Yeah. You're always, Ten gold, six. You're always pushing six, and I'm so happy every time. It's like, yeah, I would do that. Every time I watch you, I'm just like, I'm just nodding my head in approval. And I just imagine Shady's like, no. <laughs> no, what is this? I'm, 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 I'm quite happy. So I don't like playing on five, right? So if I'm strong, I love early five and then into six but if i'm not strong I, I usually just stay on four and like the times that you win where you're on four a lot of it is like some deflecto taunt scam right that's really powerful where you get arm and you taunt deflectos and then they just have like these 40 health minions crashing into 40 damage shields and then there's resets in the front and then the deflectos keep going so you can definitely scam but obviously the, the guy on tier six is going to have the advantage that's for sure yeah it's there's arm is very like key if you want to do super well on, on four a lot of times right just because you get a bunch of divine shields with an arm with taunted and then like those two for one a lot of times and it scales super fast where some like if the people on six right there they're not like they might be two turns behind that those two turns of ramping if you get the pieces quick enough right you might just knock them out of the game that's 
that's happened to me a few times where I felt strong and then it's like some random taunt arm comp, just like, uh, you know, and I take it. But, uh, you know, if, if you do survive, you know, you get that win, you know, you get that survival, you get the Kelly ghost or whatever you want. It, it, it works from that. So I do think um, there is justification in, in both strategies where staying on four, especially if you don't have like an early pair or early triple or you don't feel safe or you're low health, right? It makes a lot of sense. Just stay on four, try to salvage the game and use arm uh, to bridge that gap. Uh, so next topic we have, we have uh, Shady Bunny was on the Lightforge podcast this week. So um, they're a group, Murps and Adwater. They usually talk about Arena, but they always try to add a, a little Battlegrounds in the mix. So uh, probably if you're watching on YouTube or something, you can. Uh, I'll probably put a link to that podcast in the uh, in the description, but uh, I'm pretty sure they were discussing Tonk Comp for like two hours or something, right? <laughs> what are you yeah, about? like uh, Mer Merps was just very interesting because I guess the the premise Merps had is that I I play very different from a lot of the uh, battleground streamers, very high ranked players you see. Uh, I think that is true. Where my play style can be more described as boring if you will or methodical <laughs> if you want to use a nicer word where i go for the percentages most of the time where i see like okay this is a really good game this is where i can push this is where i'm gonna take chances and go for sixes and all that but a lot of the time i will just say okay i don't want to risk an eight or a seven here i'm gonna either get a five or a three or a, or a two right if, if if i get really good stuff on tier four and yeah that was the basic premise of what we talked about just and then, of course, the different things you can do on tier four, which, you know, we've covered. Uh, I'm not going to like, you know, repeat <laughs> the podcast here. They can, they can, you know, they can listen to two hours of Taunt Comp if they want to click the link. But that was pretty much it. Just Merp's interested in, you know, how uh, how I'm thinking, like, how much do I want to force it? Like, do I buy a bronze? Do I buy a bronze warden or an arm? Like, I buy the bronze warden. Like, I'm not that, like, into arm. But, you know, it's like, like if I have gold for both, you know. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much it. Just explaining the tier four stuff, the mindsets, um, also like the 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 things we talked about with um, how you decide whether you're pulling a five or a six, right? Elementals in or out, Quillbores, pirates in or out. Like those things are important. Yeah. So I mean, uh, that's gonna be there. We're gonna have a link to that. So if you do wanna get an in depth look about Tonkam, not. I, I will say we have talked about Tonkam extensively on this podcast, but if you want more, <laughs> we've got a, a host special there. So uh, that, that came on this week. Our next topic will be uh, the patch, just the basic thing. You know, you, you surprised me because I didn't realize that Kanger moved to five. When you were like, oh, Kangers are five, I was like, wait, what? Oh, that... I, I thought it was just like a random like oh yeah we'll re re nerf Kanger maybe oh, back to yeah back okay. to because it used to be a three six at six right and and yeah. I was thinking oh maybe it's too tanky again right like that might be the issue where Kanger is not dying enough so let's put it back to six and then see what happens but no it's actually a five drop now so that actually changes my whole thoughts I thought it wasn't an important change like oh. That that change on Kanger is like I don't care, but actually moving to five that is pretty big because that kind of um, I'm gonna say ruins your five <laughs> options. <laughs> does it really matter that much? It's like twenty five fives or something like that. It, it does a little bit because uh, 
it, it makes my argument to go for sixes even more uh, beneficial now, right? Because it's like, oh, I can't hit Kanger <laughs> anymore, so let's just go for a six. So I, I think that's that's how I'm looking at it. Not as, oh, there's, you know, diluting the five pool. I'm looking at, oh, the six pool's better now. That's that's uh, how I'm looking that's at it. That's so that. sad right now. <laughs> What's sad about that? <laughs> Poor Kanger. I mean, I mean, I think about it and like, man, if I triple an egg, mm, <laughs> that could be really juicy. True. That that is definitely true. But um, let's let me talk about the particular changes. So, uh, Captain Flatta still a six drop, uh, still same stat line. It's instead of spend three gold, you get a blood gem. It's now spend four gold, get a blood gem. So, I, I think we talked about this uh, in a previous podcast. This yeah. was gonna be the likely change, right? Like this. Yeah, is that's like, pretty much that. Like soon we're gonna have to pay four gold for yeah, a gem. Yeah. Th- like this is the Blizzard TM type change where they would just increase the number <laughs> by one, and then we're done. There, it's fixed. So uh, it makes sense that this happened. And then the Kanger change moving to a five. I think that's pretty interesting. I don't know if that um does a lot except for like diluting the pool, right? Kanger wasn't really picked because it's hard to run it uh, unless you're running like specifically uh like bomb comp or like egg comp with barons right it's hard to pick this that's like the only comp where these fit but now now in a sense you can run that comp easier you can get the baron on five you can get the kangaroo on five so you might see more bomb comps or or america comps as i like to call it and things like that just because uh it's you don't have to triple for the kangaroo you can just get a bomb a golden bomb, get a baron, get a kanger, and then, you know, you're. Let's hope for the best, right? That kind of thing. So, uh, it's gonna be interesting to see if more people play mech or death rattle mechs because of this. What do you think about it? Are you like any any thoughts on these? I mean, I wasn't the biggest fan of kanger, but already today I played a couple of times. I feel like it's definitely justifiable that they moved it to five. And yeah, now it makes this type of like comps where you stay on four and go for triple eggs and uh, just stay on four the whole game. And um, other than that, it's just decent tempo. And sometimes it's going to ruin your pool for five drop discoveries, but I don't think that's going to come too often. But it's a great change. And flat task, maybe they'll nerf uh, it even more in the future, but I think it's a good immediate change to observe how things proceed. So, so you're saying you don't think it's weak enough you don't think it's you still think it's too strong apparently uh flat dusk yeah yeah uh, just together with agam it's too strong just too strong okay they could also nerf agam and then like flat dusk is gonna be too weak <laughs> oh man i They're... mean yeah right like what else do you use the bludgeons on i guess ground shaker sure yeah ground shaker and agam are, are like the two pre- uh, premium targets there so uh, I, I think it's funny that uh, your initial assessment is that this is still too much, still too many, too much hyperscaling. Um, I haven't gotten to hit, I hadn't hit a flat toast, right? I pretty much take Charles. Uh, I, I was taking Charles before the nerf, so uh, I, I take Charles even more now, but uh, I haven't played it. But I, I do think it is a generally like a good, good direction for the nerf. Uh, and just, I want to see if it, if so i used to have games where the the only winners were uh flat agam comps right i want to see if that's still the case where it's only 
the the top two or the top one is always flat to the agam if crowbar is in the lobby and that kind of thing. So it if wasn't the case in my games today, but it, it still seems like really good when you manage to hit it. But flat ask on her own, especially if you don't have agam, oof, kind of risky. Yeah. So at least oh, yeah. at least you're introducing that risk to the game style, right? Because pretty much if you had the flat sus and you didn't like die immediately, right? You're like you're super happy, like, oh I'll take a flat sus, da, 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 I'll do something. Now it's like you have a flat tusk and then you have to look for the agum and then you need to like have the other pieces, right? The divine shields or whatever you're putting the the light fank menagerie pieces on. So at least it's not like an insta-win, I'll get flat tusk, agam, and then insta-win. It's like, okay, I got the flat tusk. Okay, I need to get the agam and the pieces already set up so that I can scale properly. So I, I think it's a good direction. And, uh, hopefully it's not still too strong like you suggested. Yeah, I mean, it has to be at the level of like, if you discover it's super early blank, maybe considering 4 Eper or Gas Coiler um, could be a thing. And like, if you pick Flatask, you're gonna take damage from the next fight. Right. Something like that is the level that I see it as being, as being healthy. Yeah, I, I think that's very fair. Since the upside, if you get the pieces, is is so so high. So yeah, kind of like the Caligos, right? Yeah. <laughs> like still very good in some spots, but not always. I've I've definitely had my games where you hit a Caligos and you're just like, yeah, I hope they don't kill me, and. Uh, I don't, I don't get my hopes to to pop off because they murder me the next turn. I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> I knew it. Uh, what about you, uh, Shady Bunny? Have you have you played with the cards? Or yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I've played, I've played. So I, I think there's uh, there's two things to the to the flat tusk, and I think it's really hard indeed to balance the flat tusk agam combo specifically because it was already just. If you hit the combo, you were pretty much already not worried about your stats. You were just like, okay, how do I get scammed? I need the selfless, I need the baron, because I'm going to be bigger than anyone like by my mile, right? So it's not a problem. So I think it's very hard to indeed balance it in that Flat Dusk doesn't become completely unplayable on her own, but she doesn't break the game with Agam. And right now that seems quite difficult because you, you can have things like uh, Bran, which then creates a very easy way to just spend gold, get gold with like the elemental primal fin. You can have hoggers to generate gold. So if you get two hoggers and a flat tusk, you don't really care, right? You're still printing gems like crazy. Um, so, so those combos are still relevant, but she is more vulnerable now early. And I think I, I definitely noticed that when usually when you pull her, you have a way to still purchase a minion from the shop. Not always, but sometimes you'll have a money pirate. Sometimes you'll have some tokens. And I used to love to do that where you just sell, sell, buy a shield, gem the shield or something like that. So that doesn't really happen because spending four gold is extremely tricky to turn your puller. And then another one is tearing up. Um, I teared up and I got like two gems. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess, you know, before you could get like your three gems and then maybe once again, you had a more gold bank then you'd get four gems that turn. And that is a difference for sure, especially if you do have a ground shaker, getting those two or four gems, you suddenly... You might lose the round, whereas before it was just batshit crazy. You just, you know, you have a shaker and a flat tusk, you're pretty much invincible until you get the agam, and then you just, you know, just face roll from there. As for the Kangor, see, I think it's funny. You're talking about, oh, I now no longer have to triple into it. I can just roll into it. I'm like, no, no, I don't have to level to triple into it anymore, right? I can just be on four and shoot for the Kangor. So I think for uh, for Greybow, this is a massive buff. It's like insane because a lot of the time on Greybow, what you want eventually is to get 
the egg with the chad, the Kangor, maybe a deflecto and then a harbinger. And you just print, you know, print tokens like crazy, right? Especially if things die in the right order, if the Kangor dies while the chad is still on the board, it's whew, right. You just get so many eggs, so many tokens. And before you have to sort of take a risk because going to five kind of sucks for Greybo because you're still usually rolling for Golden Harbinger at that point and going to five just makes it less likely. Maybe with a faceless, right? But especially if you already have two, the faceless doesn't do anything. And now you just sit on four literally all game and just, you know, shoot for the Kangor because that, that is, in my opinion, the strongest Greybo build where you get the egg, the chat, the Kangor and the Harbinger and then, you know, maybe Deflecto, maybe a champion. That's up to you what you prefer. So those are those are my immediate thoughts on the patch. Like Flaptusk is still strong but weaker early now. Obviously, there is more vulnerability. And then you know, specifically for Engrabo, I think the Kangaroo change is really nice. Okay, that that makes sense. Not you don't. I I, I thought you'd be more sad. Like oh, this is gonna ruin my four drop uh, pools or my my tier four pools. Now you you didn't mention that at all. Don't seem to care. Wait, tier four pool. <laughs> Like leveling, like getting it on on you being a tavern tier four and leveling and and having that in your in your options. I thought you'd care. Oh right, that I could just sure. Nah, who cares? <laughs> All right then. Um, well, it's still okay. So assessment seems to be like still playing flat tusk. If you um, if you get it, and it makes sense. And overall, you we like the Kanger change. Like it's not a bad change. That's what it seems like from both of you. Both changes are pretty good, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, the Flatus was just safe, and I don't think they want to kill it already. Right. So, we like this patch. It was a small patch, you know, just two changes, but I do think it is um, influential. You know, no hero changes, unfortunately. You know, I'd love to see them remove some heroes, but hey, what can you do? <laughs> uh, next topic. You don't like Illidan? <laughs> no. No, I, I I think that hero needs to be gone, man. I, I so many games. I know we talked about it last 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 podcast. So many games. I just have four heroes, but I'm like, why am I playing? I hate all of these options. So you know, just you know, if we reduce that uh, chance, I'd be very happy. Hear me out. What do you think of this change on, on Illidan? Um, every single roll, the leftmost and the rightmost minion cost two gold instead of three. And obviously if you switch them around, like they're going to get the buff, like they get some green buff on them and then you can switch them around and they still have the buff. But every single roll, the leftmost and rightmost cost two gold. Would that be OP? Would that be interesting? Huh. Well, making them two gold effectively makes them free, right? Where no. you're, I mean, sorry, making no. them like, sorry, if you're like Millhouse, like, so Selemental is free, um, the top and so you're Millhouse for those two minions. That's what you're saying. Yes, your Millhouse for your leftmost and rightmost minion okay. that were the first leftmost and rightmost. Oh, like, if you I start see. switching yeah, them around, it doesn't matter. Yeah. That, yeah, that feels pretty. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's hard to, it's hard to see if, if we haven't played with it, but for me, that feels like some insane potential because that's too, Two minions every tavern that are millhouseable, right? If you want to turn it into a verb, uh, but you can still roll for one gold, right? So yeah, effectively, effective, yeah, right. Effectively, yeah, yeah. it's still so effectively you're getting four millhouse minions per millhouse roll, right? Because your millhouse roll would cost two gold. So, and then on, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. So a lot of it becomes 
like very Millhouse-esque gameplay then. Just with a different I curve. mean, isn't that what Battlegrounds is about? Just buying and selling? Huh. Yeah, I love playing Millhouse. Don't get me wrong. I love it. <laughs> Just say it. It's a... Uh... Like you, you suddenly think like Hogger, but then again, like you need to roll the pirate, right? On the left you need to roll the pirate on the left or right. It's pretty unlikely. And like the, the higher you go up in tavern, the worse it becomes, because you see two minions discounted out of a bigger pool of minions. But it's still every, it's still every roll. It's not like the first roll of the, uh, of the shop, right? It's every roll. So okay, yeah, it's still every roll. So yeah, it doesn't matter that much. Yeah, you're getting a ton of value. That seems really strong because I know I will be like leveling and then buying for two. <laughs> I just, I just see me leveling, buying for two, and just doing the millhouse thing, and then not having to worry, uh, in the late game about like, oh my god, I have to roll for two. I just roll for one, and and you still get that. You get that uh, millhouse spike still, right? Because let's say you um. You know, you'll you'll like you'll you probably don't level on two just like Millhouse, right? And you'll just buy whatever's on the left and the right, and you'll you know turn turn six is still okay. Like you buy two and then maybe sell one and buy a three, right? So like you sell a token or something. So it's still it's still not bad. I I can I mean I can see it being strong, very strong. This one. This hero should definitely have uh, leveling increased by one, similar to Millhouse. Otherwise, you do a least ish stuff yeah just like level yeah. sell uh, yeah. buy yeah and that's right. too strong okay if leveling, if leveling is increased idea. by one i think it can be interesting yeah i i do think it's an interesting uh they'd have to play around with that and see how strong it feels right so also sorry it could be the first roll of your turn like just one roll and that can still give you like sick early game okay do we also keep Illidan's current power, uh, current ability? As no, well? no, 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 just new hero <laughs> okay. power. Okay. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe it's more like the first roll of your turn gives you the discount, and that still gives you insane early game power. Yeah, if it's, but that, but then that, it has to be, you're, you're keeping it thematic, right? It's not like all of the minions, right? It's still just the left and right. Yeah, just, just left and right, only on the first roll. I still think it's gonna be like a top ten hero. Just look at the the guy who gives you blood gems. He doesn't do that much. And like it's insane. <laughs> you don't need yeah, much. You seriously don't need much. Yeah, that's a huge thing. Yeah, it's really strong early, and I and that's probably the most important. Um, right, like if you can millhouse curve to to tavern five, and then just like play normal from there, like that's still really strong. So I I do think yeah. that would work. Uh, as a hero, I haven't thought about that. That's a good suggestion. I don't know how. I don't... But yeah, I was just saying that they should they should do stuff like this for like some of the unplayable heroes, or they they could. No, they should. They can do whatever they want. But it's just sad to see fifteen or ten unplayable heroes. Yeah, I I would love for them to make like little changes to like the like the worst three. You know, every week, every two weeks, or something. Just like you know, bump up the the the. The ones that don't get played or have really bad stats, right? Because, you know, we've had some heroes for months. Months. And they haven't been touched. And they've, they've been the same power level at the bottom for months and months. And they just don't get touched. And it's just like, you know, it's just like, oh, these are, these are the heroes we just don't pick. You know, just don't pick these. It's just like, why not change them a little bit, right? No one's going to be sad if you, if you make an unplayable hero less unplayable. 
like it's like well we weren't picking it anyways you know there's three heroes you never have to see so if you even if you adjust those and they get worse right it, it doesn't matter a bit right but if you adjust them and they become interesting more playable very fun right then we're getting somewhere so i i would love to see that as well i know we're getting our topic a bit but you know you hit me with something i want to yeah. see <laughs> I, I think a lot of players are just passionate about it where they, they just see this very simple obvious problem and like please change right like please because like the the four garbage tier heroes at the start of the game just makes you not want to play right that's not a good feeling yeah I... do you want to hear something funny really quickly before the next topic yeah, yeah, go for Idan it. is in the game for more than one year he was released on 26th of the third month in 2020 Really? That's what the wiki says. It's been in the game for a year. It doesn't feel like it, but the game's been out for Battlegrounds has been out for a long time now. Like new I... hero, Illidan Stormridge added to the pool in patch 17.0.0.44222. I can link it one sec. <laughs> Fair enough, but yeah. I... It's weird that it's been so long and it hasn't seen like a lot of changes or any changes at all, right? So, um, yeah, one year and three months, quite a lot. Yeah, you would think the, best, the worst year in the game. Yeah, you would Unchained. think you would think like they would get the Reno treatment or something, right? Where like they get a small buff over time until it's like really good or, or something like that, you know? But, uh, I mean, Reno is interesting and like Iridan. Is just not interesting and they cannot really make him better either so they have to like completely redesign their his hero power and i think their rationale is if we redesign his hero power we might as well just make a new hero and they do, do more that. content yeah and then they just ignore the you know the burning fire in the back <laughs> that is illegit <laughs> oh man speaking of reno though that is uh our hero for the week <laughs> <laughs> Look how good I am, you know. But uh, there's I, move. <laughs> uh, I think Reno is a pretty interesting hero, right? It's been, it's gotten a lot of like small buffs over time, and and I think it's in a pretty good spot now. Where um, it used to cost, did it used to cost three or gold or something like that at the very beginning? Or four, four gold. Oh my God, you're right. <laughs> it used to cost four gold to make a minion gold, and and they kept. Um, you know reducing it and trying to make it a little bit more playable right they 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 actually cared about this hero right it's one of those heroes that that you know they they cared they wanted to do well you know illidan doesn't matter right Reno, they do right and, and I, I do think it's in a pretty good spot right there's a lot of very very impactful um fives and sixes even some fours where you you hero power this and it just uh, saves your game or or gives you the direction to, uh in order to win so I think uh, there's a lot of good things about Reno nowadays that you could really take advantage of. Uh, only only issue is, you know, don't hit a triple, don't hit anything good on four, and you, you kind of don't have a hero power. But other than that, it, it has a lot of upside. Well, anything you have specific to Reno, or do you, like, any game plan, anything, any little tips and tricks when you're playing? I mean, I won, like, two games today with Reno. And pretty much what I always do when I win with Reno is um, token start, strong uh, five gold turn, six gold turn, definitely don't power level. Very few games where I power leveled to tower three on five gold, I, I did well. So just play the normal curve 
and then yeah. hit on a triple on like eight gold or nine gold, discover a five, the five is Lightfang or Mitrox, make it gold and win the game. That's like the simplest way to play. Yeah, I think Freedom. that makes a lot of sense, right? Try to get the the try to get a token in, into a triple and then use the triple to get an early five and then mm -hmm. use that like it needs it needs it basically does need to be like light friend like something that scales permanently right like because if you get like a like a sneeze or something right golden sneeze is not going to carry you to the end of the game right but golden light fan can golden mythrax can so they have to have some scaling potential and then use that to carry you from there right yeah makes sense uh, one of my sort of unlikely things that works with Reno is goldening a Pagel where I miss the Lightfang or the Mithrax and I was like, oh, well, I get the Pagel. And I feel like when I'm, when I'm playing Reno, indecision just kills me, right? When you're like, ah, oh, I can maybe hold a bit more. Uh, I took 20. Okay, I'm dead. Okay, that was bad. All right, so usually, all right, hit the Pagel, zap the Pagel. It wins you fights as well. And, and especially that early on, the chance that the Pagel attacks twice is not super small. So you're getting four cards a lot of the time. And yeah, four gold. And also sometimes just like, ooh, a Harbinger. This keeps me alive. I can now power level. So I'm not saying like, wow, Pagel is an amazing hero power target. But there's something that happens regularly for me when I miss. I'm just like, well, the Pagel is kind of power and economy right now and allows me to level. And then sometimes you just find a reasonable board afterwards, right? Where you can keep that Pagel for a long time, especially if you're moving into a Light Fang build if you tier up to five. And yeah, it's just a consistent uh base of income right so yeah. this may be like a little tidbit for reno that, that i've observed yeah that, that is a good point not like being scared or or not being happy with your hero power will kill you more often like you'd rather hero power something you don't like that has potential than not hero power at all and wait for you to take be a like single digit hp and be like okay well i'm single digit let's hero power now and then die right because um that power spike, right, even if it's not the best minion, can give you enough HP for you to get into a position where you can do something from there, right? I, I had a game. I've had a lot of games where, you know, I get a triple and then I don't like what I got, but I hero power it anyways because I know that's like my one shot in the triple, right? I'm not going to roll into like three more Celementals the next turn or something, right? So I go for it and then I'm still, it's an okay golden minion and i'm able to salvage the game right so i don't win but i get like top four or something like that i've had a lot of games where, as well where just like the early i was able to win just by investing in that early golden minion when when junk bot was still a tier five minion i tripled got junk bot i was like you know what i have mechs i hero powered the junk bot and i won that game and i was just like shaking my head the whole game just like i'm winning oh i'm still winning i'm still winning i'm just like but since I got that golden junk bot, right, I just invested into it, right, bought all the menaces, bought all, bought another junk bot, you know, just like, let's do it, right, you know, deflect everything on lock, and it was enough, you know, and normally I would never do, you know, I, I would not go junk bot uh, strat, but since I invested into a junk bot and I had pieces already, I just committed to it, and it was enough to win the, the entire game, so, um, you know, as long as you're committing to the comp and, and, uh, making sure you're uh you're making you're making that golden minion count it's way better than like oh i hit the junk but okay let's just not wait and see if i find something some other direction right just that golden junk bot can be enough and things like that so uh, you just you just have to 
be aware if you don't get something you want it's not the end of the game just commit and see where it takes you so maybe a bit more of a flavor question like what's your um favorite, favorite minion to hit right like if you can just choose like all right i'm gonna triple into this and i'm gonna hero power this right doesn't have to be the strongest, just like the one you like playing with the most. Lightning. <laughs> I mean, gold, gold robber is an interesting one. Sometimes you get like a super early triple, but I mean, if you can take a four, you can usually take a five. I do so like, like gold robber. Yeah, gold robber is really good. Come up after you, you like get you, the you, already, right? Yeah. You know what I was gonna say? I was gonna say iron sense, and then you say life strike, and I'm just like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I would never ever hero power a sensei. Dude, I've won so I've won gone to my head. I would not hero power a sensei. I've won quite a few games just hero powering sensei super early, like just like sensei deflecto, and I'm like, okay, well, hero power sensei, let's go. And it's it's enough, you know. Sometimes you just have like like two huge deflecto bots, and it, it does well. But you're right, light fang is way better, but it popped yeah, into I my head. I feel like the golden sensei is when you're uh when when your five gold shop is just such garbage that you just can't buy right and then you go up and then the next one is i don't know like a micro mummy and a sensei and you're like oh well fuck it all right golden sensei yeah. micro mummy on six gold let's go i've had that. maybe if it's like a deflector and a sensei you sure. go like okay sure let's go i've had both of those situations and i've done it <laughs> and it uh, it works out pretty well yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It, it just skills like really like it's it's almost like a gold grubber in a way, right? Like you just like have a single gold grubber and, and it just scales in a way and you can hit divine shield units or you can hit mechs and then put divine shield on. So it ends up being all right. I wouldn't like recommend it. Like if you can get any any tier five minion, like take that instead. But the amount of games where I don't know what to do and then I get that early sunset and I'm like, okay, I can do something with this yeah. and it works out is, is pretty, pretty high. So I, I think that's where your skill as Reno is really tested where, okay, I don't get the ideal situation, right? I don't get that uh, triple on eight or nine gold. What do I do now? Right. And and a lot of the time it's like, all right, well, screw it. I guess I'm hero powering this thing to try and stay alive. Should you, but are you going to mention Hogger? Well, yeah, I was going to ask you to guess, but I'm, like, I'm not a mystery. Okay, it's fine. Yeah, Hogger, I love Hogger, right? If I can hero power Hogger, let's go, baby. So much fun to play with. Makes a lot Just of sense to me. By far the most comfortable play for me. Yeah. Um, oh. Would you pick it over Lightfang or Mitrax? Yeah, just because I, I also value the fun factor. Like, snap it, right? Let's go. It's just like every so pack. You, yeah. you, value, you value strength and being boring, and then you don't pick Lightfang and you go for horror. Yeah, I have I have certain. Ex I'm completely irrational in that regard, but I will tank MMR trying to play AP Empire. It's like 100%. It's like, ask my stream. There's like, oh no, there's two hoggers in the shop. He's going to throw. So I'm just like, fuck it. Like, I've. I've literally sold two jugglers in a juggler combo. Like, all right, we're doing it. Let's swap, swap. Let's go, go, go. <laughs> I, I, uh, I always like watching it. I don't like playing it. <laughs> but I, I love watching Shady do it. But I don't want to be the one doing that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, it gets my blood pumping in the wrong direction. That's, <laughs> that's all. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think Reno is a really good hero. It does have a lot of uh, potential and... Like, it's a really good hero for getting first place, right? You get that golden light fan, golden mythrax, those early triples, right? You can get golden sixes, right? A lot of times, I, I get golden sixes, and, you know, I would say it doesn't always work out most of the time, you know, for some reason. That's but. a Collins thing, for sure. 
Yeah, it doesn't. It's not that good because CCs yeah. don't scale other yeah. than Kali. Yeah, that that quickly, right? Like to get that golden six, you're you're playing super risky, and then you're not gonna scale the turn you get it. So you might take so much damage, and then you're like one loss to debt to debt. So anytime you fight someone who's hyper skilled or something in any direction, you just lose. So I I get golden at sixes end up like not working out too well that's why the fives and stuff like that really works because it's like a good enough turn where you can get it and then scale with similar strength to the people and just have like that extra that extra value right like you know golden light fang is going to outskill a lot of things so uh makes sense there the minion we want to talk about this week will be selemental so we've kind of talked about like tokens and selementals and and and, and those kind of things like in like their whole group, but I think Selemento kind of deserves its own separate uh, discussion because it's such a unique token and how you can play with it and how you can you can make like some really stupid turns just based on on this particular card, right? A lot of times when I see someone have an insane board like relatively early, there's a Selemental, Golden Selemental or Golden Water Droplet on the board as well. Just like, it was me. You know, I did this. <laughs> you know? Just because it's so easy to decide when you get that triple that you won, right? It's You can decide you want sixes, you want fives, you want fours, whenever, right? You, you want two sixes, right? This is the token that can do it for you, right? Just get four of these and you get to uh, get... As, as many triples as you want so it's just a just a really really powerful card another thing with it is that you can run it and keep it in your hand a lot easier than some of the other tokens where like murloc token right it's it's hard to play around with it right because you're keeping like a two one or or something or one ones on your board that you don't you don't really want or you're taking damage because you have that weak uh, weak statted minion there where with Telemental the 2-2 style line is not like horrible early and then it's very easy to like have a copy of it in your hand without really worrying too much uh, so it's just very safe very strong and you get to decide exactly when you get to get the triple that you want so th this uh, this Elemental just is a lot of the signing uh a lot of the deciding reasons where some people just have like three six drops super early and you know that this card was involved in some fashion so what do you guys think you go first are you i think sedimental should be a one two i feel like two okay. two is way too high stat line uh considering the things that you just mentioned that it doesn't occupy that much board space so you can just hold it in your hand whenever it's easy to triple you can decide when to triple it you can triple on the token super easily. You can triple the main body, and then the token weighs it in the, the other token generators. It's just insane. And probably the best token generator overall. Obviously, the Murloc is more power in the first two fights. So right. you'd pick the Murloc over Selemental. But overall, including mid-late game, it's probably the best token generator in the game. So, like, yeah, super I don't know if they should nerf it to a 1-2 because it's also fun to play. So that's also <laughs> a thing to consider. And not only perfect balance. But it's pretty OP right now. I would agree with that. I, I think the the and yeah, I mean all the points you guys mentioned, of course, agree. The uh, I think the main like power comes from not having to buy it from the shop on the turn you level to pull the six. That's usually because that's 
it's so annoying when you're like, okay, I'm going to level to five. That's going to cost pretty much all my gold. Then I'm going to have to sell things from my board to then buy the triple that I've frozen in the shop by. But Salamento is just like level and I get paid for it. Sell my token, <laughs> get my six drop. I can still buy something from the shop. Extra bonus. Let's go. Right. So yeah, that just makes it so so bullshit like especially if it's an omu with like you see an omu with three sellies on his board you're like oh he's won the game it's gonna be so <laughs> disgusting because you know he's gonna level he's gonna have two coins extra he sells the selly ah three coins so nice buy something from the shop oh nice yeah so absolutely agree that it's by far the strongest token and especially something like a hook tusk as well has such an easy time getting four of them right you can just keep hero powering things until you get the fourth one and then it's like two fives or two sixes, whatever position you're in. So definitely the strongest token. Yeah, I I I I love getting this early. And sometimes, right, I will it'll be like mid-game and I'll start buying these because they're they're like a one gold investment, like over overall, right? Because you can sell two for two gold, right? So it's a one gold investment, it's a one drop, super easy to pick up, and you can just like buy it holding your hand right like very easily so even in the like mid game i sometimes just pick these up because i'm like oh I, I, I want a triple and this is like the easiest way for me to get the triple without like losing the game instantly right so i'll have games where i just have like two water droplets in my hand just like you know whatever and and just like waiting for that like free triple out of nowhere if i see another water droplet so um i can't do that with with murlocs at all like you know i can't do that with any of the other tokens where i'm just yeah. like holding random pieces in my hand because the the gold investment's too much right where this is a one gold versus like two or and board space for the other one so i i i think there's a lot of value in this card and it, it just it it just wins games like a lot of the games where i just win so like i win without struggling this card's involved, you know. If I win without, like, oh, it's just like, oh, I have like thirty-five health game. <laughs> like, Salamento's involved uh, in some fashion. So, uh, this card is pretty, pretty powerful, and I just wanted to talk about it a little bit. When you when you talk about having Sellies in your hand, is that just on Millhouse or on any champ? Any champ. For, for me, that would pretty much always be Millhouse. Uh, I, I do it with every champ. It's but I mean, it depends on, like, so you. It's like. I have a Selimental in my board, and I I just buy one and I sell it. Sure, and, you just have one, yeah. yeah. Yeah, just like, just random Selly for for some reason. Like maybe I start with a Selly, right, and then like I don't see anything in the mid game, and like like let's say it's like turn seven or something. I I, I see a Selly, I buy it, I sell one, and I I just roll, right. So I'm spending like two gold to give myself a triple down the line, right? If I feel Relatively, relatively strong, right? I don't feel like it's that bad of an outcome to keep it for a turn or two just to see, oh, can I get another free triple uh, out of nowhere? And then, like, oh, randomly I hit the Selimento, and I'm like, okay, well, here's a six out of nowhere like that I, <laughs> I don't deserve. <laughs> you know, so I, I, I've done that quite a few times, and it, it, it does sometimes work out. And even if you don't hit the triple, right, um, you know, you end up, like, throwing the you know the three gold away right yeah yeah, you're down a gold. yeah, so, yeah it's, okay. it's not too bad but yeah i thought it was a pretty interesting card pretty strong has a lot of upside uh in the card i can see it the nerf to one two just because it it is so powerful but it, it is it would be mean what if the um what if the water droplet stayed a two two and the selamento itself was a one two 
what do you think about that uh that adjustment where the elemental's weaker but the water droplet's kind of the same strength any change would be good right yeah better than nothing true right because it would but make... i think there's more pressing matters in bgs right now <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Harlem dealing 30 damage. We hear you loud and clear. Elemental to a one two. There we go. <laughs> that's that's very true. I think there's definitely more pressing matters than this, but uh it is a it is an interesting card, interesting topic there. Uh next topic we want to talk about is utilizing Wrath Weaver. So I I think Wrath Weaver's been an interesting card. It, it used to like there, there's been metas around this card where I remember in the very, at the very beginning of Battlegrounds, I thought this card was so broken, uh, and, and I specifically remember talking to Shady about this card and being like, "Hey, this is the this is the meta. No one knows. <laughs> Just go Wrath Reapers." And uh, yeah. you know, I probably wasn't correct. You know, but I, but I, I was you know trying to find the. Uh, the advantage I could find in, in the metagame, but uh, even even past that, it's just been a card that always, you know, always people, always, it always sees play, even in metas where you wouldn't think it, it does, it shouldn't, right? When things are very broken, right? But the early game tempo you can get from this card, especially if like two of them is really, really high, where you have like three, two five sevens on the board and things like that. It's just like, okay, well, I'm I'm not gonna take a lot of damage, uh, you know, from other sources <laughs> in the early game while while I have these on the board. So, um, it's been pretty good, especially when Floating Watcher was was at at three and stuff like that. Right, this was really really strong when Tyrion was in the meta. This was super super good because you could buffer Tyrion. So there's definitely been some metas where this card is like super super premium. Nowadays, I wouldn't say this card is like necessary to uh, do well or anything like that. But there are still a lot of strategies you can uh, utilize with this card, especially with heroes that don't need a level on turn two. Um, they can pick this up and and get a demon the next turn and like not not be sad if uh that they're losing temples since they don't love one two and things like that like reform and and whatnot so um shady really wanted to talk about this card so if you want to take it away and, and... uh yeah for sure uh i, I think the um th there's just so many ways to utilize it where the maybe the most fun way to do it is if murlocs aren't in you can just play around this where you just build a big unit and then you get gold grubber. Or if you're playing a hero that can do that, stay on tier two and play Wrathweaver Sorrelisk, which works surprisingly well when um, Murlocs are out just because poison is required to deal with these like massive bodies by the end game. But I think the most common way to use Wrathweaver is to just get it uh, early in win fights like you mentioned, and then you're just strong. And and I think that's more a good player thing to then utilize it because uh, this would be the most common question if I have Wrathweavers on my board. I thought demons were bad. Why are we playing demons? Oh my God, streamer, why are we playing demons? I am not playing demons. I have a big dude on my board who's going to carry me and then I can level Oops. and then I can buy different cards that you know can win the game for me later. Very fair. Yeah. Do you have any specific things for wrath reaver to you like do you like the card do you buy it a lot or just like nah i don't think i buy it enough like i'm thinking a lot of the games on mediocre heroes i should be buying it more often but i don't know exactly how much to stay on one like i was actually curious about uh, your guys's perspective on like do you level to three and take a four as soon as you get the triple do you stay on one and then triple into two 
Do you go to two? Do you level? Do you double level when it's zero gold? I usually just go with the flow, and I don't think I'm always taking the right uh, play. I don't think yeah, I've do. ever tripled on one and gotten a two. Like, <laughs> like period. <laughs> like ever since the game <laughs> come out, I don't think I've ever done that. You know, I, I, like I get a trip when I'm always like, give me uh, some higher. Like so, uh, maybe I don't do that myself. I I like leveling right so i don't stay on one two log right it's only those specific uh heroes that can allow you to level i mean to stay on one right they have a really good tier one hero power right eudora rafam maybe even uh banana banana guy you know mukla, so, mukla. yeah i know his name i just banana guy sounds <laughs> nice too you know so um it's it's really those particular heroes um the other times i do pick it up is when I, it's like I level the tier two when it's like Wrathweaver and Prisoner, right? Then I'm like, okay, it's a three five, right? And then, and then I'll, and then Prisoner is pretty good itself. So then I use that, and then like the next row might be like another Wrathweaver, another Demon. And I'm like, okay, I know what I'm doing, right? So um, those are usually the uh, situations where I'm picking them up like uh, fundamentally. And I, if I get an early trip, right, I do take take the four a lot of the times because, uh, you know. There are a lot of like demon force. Well, there, there. Well, I mean, the the demon force have changed throughout time, right? But even still, this this particular meta, right? The three five, if you don't have a full board, is still pretty good. The four four is, you know, okay if you have a imprisoner or something like that that can give it some type of scaling. But you know, it was really floating watcher that. Uh, kind of synergizes really really well with this card right I've, I've always been a little bit sad that flooding watcher got removed i think uh you know th there was a there there was potential with that with uh with wrath weaver but you know i it's gone so i can't really like you know, reminisce right but it, it won't like make your gameplay better since the card isn't in the in the pool right now so um yep. Yeah, to to come back to, to Artie's initial like, question, the um, I think it's super hero dependent, right? With which heroes you can stay on. Like I think something that's underused on specifically um, Baroff, the the gamble man, right? Is you don't have to power on him. I think a lot of people just power and kill themselves, but like that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to level, and you can totally just like reform curve him for instance with wrath weaver and then just be strong but then just level every turn after that where you can just go five potentially six after that if you have a big wrath weaver um another hero that's specific is silas this is a bit weird but i got this idea from purple so i give credit where credit is due he just hunts for wrath weaver on one that's amazing he just like buys tickets, buys weavers, buys demons, and like he's going to get a golden weaver, right? He's like, like I'm not leaving tier one without this, right? So, and then he's just omega strong, and he can level after that. So that's that's definitely something I start to you know think about whenever I've got a Silas and I see a Wrath Weaver, like mm, okay, I can try it. You For the most to, part, you have to explain that a little bit more because um, I'm not. Oh sure. right, not sorry. Sure. Yeah, so if, if you're if you're Silas, right, you get tickets on your minions and. Yeah you get to discover a minion from your current tavern tier. So Wrathweaver is a tier one minion, and there are fairly few tier one minions in the game, which is why, you know, like when my F was in, it was so incredibly easy for her to make a triple because you would only roll on tier one, you'd see the same minions over and over. So if you get to discover a tier one minion, it's very likely that you're going to get either, you know, money 
so it's it's fine like you get your token you get a demon you can buff your wrath weaver you get another wrath weaver etc and then once you have a golden wrath weaver you gain plus four plus four every time you play a demon that is uh two-thirds of a jug on tier two or tier one so extremely strong right you are going to be winning fights which is why when a reno hero powers a wrath weaver he's not losing a fight for a long time unless you know someone has an obscenely early poison or it's an alec here with like a crazy you know high attack minion in position one so are you staying tier one until you have like two golden wrath weavers or or, or well it's it's completely game dependent right like for instance if murlocs are in then you don't want to invest that much and you might not even want to do it if murlocs are out and you know it's all about how long are you like how how well are you hitting right I think a lot of the time it's when you very easily get your first Golden Wrath Weaver and then you see the second one, you're like, eh, sure, right? I can buy that and then gradually get the other one. But most of the time, one is just enough. Otherwise, like you're also taking a bunch of damage right when you introduce the second one because a lot of the time, the second one isn't golden straight away. So you have two regular ones. So then you're taking three damage per demon. So it's a lot. So usually it's only if it's, if it's free, the second one. Um, but you can also just go with the flow, like we said, where you don't have to golden a Wrathweaver to, for it to be strong early, right? right? It's still, just keep it in mind, right? You, you mentioned it, you gave the good example with the Imprisoned. I think a lot of the time people shy away from this card because they think it's they think it's weak, but you you buy it along with an Imprisoner, it is a 3-5, a, you know, that is a two drop, a strong two drop, right? A 3-5. So then anytime you play a demon after that, it's just bonus, right? You find an Overseer, you find another imprisoner and you don't need much more than that to tip the scale in your favor in the battle and just knowing that you're going to be winning the fights gives you that sense of security where oh i can push four here oh i could be pushing five here so uh, once again I, I think that's where the main power lies where you are stronger than other people that aren't utilizing this card unless they're high rolling like crazy even if you don't have a golden copy but if you have a golden copy you're almost guaranteed to win the fights for sure yeah, fair enough. Okay, that's an interesting strategy. I wonder if I'm gonna test it. You know, I know myself. I might look at it. Maybe if there's like two Wrath Weavers with tickets in the shop. <laughs> that sounds like I'll think about. Yeah, it. I think I think to get started, you're like, okay, it, it's got to be good, right? Like, so like, all right, game, sell me on it, right? You don't want to, you don't want to just force it when you when you first try it. Fair enough. But uh, overall, it seems like we're saying there's a lot of ways to utilize the card. Um, it is pretty powerful, especially if you synergize, you get pairs of it or you get a lot of demons, right? Like five, seven, right? It's pretty easy to get uh, as a stat line. And uh, that beats most twos, beats most threes, like easily, right? You only need two demons. So, um, and just having that can allow you to level, uh, easily or safely or just like commit to some type of random scaling comp maybe like golden wrath weaver golden gold grubber or something like that right i, I remember you you know a couple games where i've had something like that where i've had a golden wrath weaver with gold grubber and then using that as like a baseline and have like uh, a selfless or something right like selfless baron or selfless macaw and then just like running like divine shield comp with a golden wrath weaver and a golden gold grubber or, or something like that and like a couple poisons and that's like my composition right so um there are ways to utilize this card to uh do pretty well but i think it is a card that is underutilized just because people don't like taking damage and 
you know, it hurts yourself and, you know, you don't want to, you know, wanna be like that. And people are like, oh, I can't get a, a pretzel mustard or something. <laughs> but I'm, I'm telling you, that's people's reasons. You know, I, just, I want that mustard and I can't get it with this. So, you know, I'd say pick it up anyway. So who cares about that achievement? But yeah, that's uh, that's that's what we want to talk about. Our next topic. Healthy is a resource. Yes, I, I say this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're losing, you're taking the damage that Wrathweaver would have taken anyway, right? So you may as well win fights. Yeah, that is perfectly true. Next up, we will be talking about is a little question I wanted to impose on you. Is every minion type viable? Is every archetype viable? It was a separate question. That's what I was thinking initially, but I want to know what do you guys think. Do you think every minion type is viable in this current meta right now? more than ever more than ever wow that's a that's a riveting you know uh answer for that one any any thoughts why i mean i'm just thinking everything is kind of viable like murlocs could use like a mega sword that cannot give divine shield <laughs> mechs are fine pirates are fine wheelbirds are a bit too fine <laughs> Uh, beasts are fine. What else is there? Demons, dragons, elementals. Yeah, those all are fine. Okay. Yeah. So, like, Murlocs are probably the weakest right now, if I'm not crazy. That's it. So, when you say, when you say, for instance, that elementals are fine, do you mean they just have their particular niche, or like, oh no, elementals are perfectly strong? I play elementals all the time. I feel like Nomi is good and wins games. Okay. Little rag and genie stuff, not very good. Okay, so so they have like half their cards good, and they provide a lot of utility. Yeah, I do think elementals make the game fun, right? Like the reroll elementals, elemental, etc. Yeah. So you you're more looking at Nomi for elemental viability more than little rag genie as as the uh... yes, little rag and genie are not good. Okay, in my opinion. Okay, that makes sense. I would. I, I think Shady would probably agree with you. <laughs> yeah, I don't like him either. I, I've had some couple... Of, okay, so the issue with Little Rag... G, uh, I play with Little Rag probably more than everyone else here. And just the, the issue is that the RNG factor for it is, is too swingy, right? If you have, like, double Little Rag and you hit nothing else, right? The card does nothing for you, right? But if you hit double Little Rag and, like, one one like uh tavern tempest into like amalgadon or some something stupid right then the amount of stats you get is like just like unbeatable or or stuff so there's definitely been games where i've had like a a double rag setup and i'm like this is the most broken thing and then also been games where i've had double rag set up and i'm like where are my elementals where are my minions right and then the only elementals i'm hitting are like tavern one stuff that i really don't really want to invest in right it's like uh this is like a plus two plus two like it's not doing anything for me so um just that that uh rng factor it's like major rng right like compared to caligos where where battle cries are like half the half the minions or like a third of the minions right so there's a very high chance you're gonna see like every role whereas you're not really going to see elementals every role guaranteed especially not high tavern tier elementals that uh are easy to combine with tavern tempest amalgadons more rags more genies and and stuff like that so it's it's really tough to 
get yourself in the position, right? As well as with Little Rag, right? You need six drops, right? You need one. Like, I don't think one Little Rag is any, like, can scale in any competent way, right? You need, like, double Little Rag, right? Which means you need two six drops, right? But if you're getting two six drops, like, there's a lot of uh, other options for you, right? There are so many other combinations of double six which will do way more than double rag versus like you know any like double caligos or double quillbor or even like double like goldred with a baron or, or something like double pirate and yeah there's so much like other things you could be doing right so uh in order to for it to work you need that setup plus you need uh you know six jobs then you need to get lucky with the the extra elementals you're hitting and that that kind of makes it very difficult for elementals to have that upside in terms of um the little rag scaling nomi is a lot easier right because you get one nomi and then every elemental is a hit right you get two nomis and you scale super super quickly uh as long as you're not dying immediately and you can very easily just be buying like 40 40 elementals in the shop so i do think that the nomi scaling is probably better than the little rag scaling right now which is kind of funny and it's also easier to get nomi right so you get it quicker and uh, it's a lot easier to just like oh commit to nomi and get a golden nomi and then like win the game from there so i, I do agree um i would say that type of elementals probably is suffering the the little rag elemental but nomi elementals are are pretty viable in this current meta i, I think the the question that's often asked like when they're viable Right? Is are are they about as strong at any point in the game? Um, I think when when most people look at it, right, because most people say like, "Oh, mechs are so garbage, you can't win games with mechs." But I, I think it's healthy for a game that there are different tribes that have their different spikes during the game. So there are just certain tribes that are more geared towards the late game, like for instance, dragons. Right, you're not playing dragons before you get a tier six unit. Right, you can sure you can have some dragons on your board with a Razor but that's that's your plan B. That's not something you aspire to get. Whereas, like, mechs, their most pivotal unit becomes available, right, uh, as soon as you level to three, right? So it's it's just such a, a weird way to look at it. So I, I kind of like how things are for the most part because, yeah, I mean, demons could use some love overall. You don't really see many demons on the board, right? Usually it's to either feed a Wrathweaver or... There's two jugglers in the shop, you know, fuck it, I'll go with it, right? You know, that happens sometimes. Um, Murlocs, for sure, I think is probably the tribe that needs the most love when it comes to, you know, just standing on their own. Right now, they feel like they're more just support, right? Like, oh, I'm using them to buff my Amalgadons. I feel like that's most of the time what Murlocs do. Or you're Jandus, right? If you're Jandus, sure, you can do Murlocs. Pirates, same thing, right? Like, Pirates is pretty much just Eliza and Build Around or APM Pirates, which I think is totally fine. Um, I don't think you need to make like Ripsnarl Pirates late game viable. So yeah, overall, I would say indeed that they're viable, but not in the sense that a lot of people have where, oh, I should be able to win a game on every single tribe. Otherwise, the game is trash and unbalanced. And I just don't share that opinion. I think it's perfectly fine to have certain tribes to be much more likely to win games because they're harder to set up, right? Like if you get double Caligos on your board, you should be more likely to win the game than someone that has... A bunch of deflectors, or a bunch yeah. of yeah, right. So that, that's 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 a perfect example because like mechs are super fine. Like for me, probably the best tribe in the game, MMR wise, but you you just don't win as many games on them, which is totally fine. Yeah, uh, 
I hadn't thought about the Rex. I mean, Murlocs being the weakest. Uh, but it makes sense because I used to play a lot of Murlocs. You know, back when that was the meta, right? And Murlocs were like in every, every lobby. Uh, but but nowadays, right? I find it a lot harder to go Murlocs, or if I do go Murlocs, like I'm dying, right? I'm not. I don't feel strong like at any point where it's like, oh, I can. I can, I'm gonna win this game for sure when I'm running Murlocs. I never think that. <laughs> you know, it's like no. Nah. <laughs> you know, maybe if I'm not running Murlocs, I'm just running like three Amagadons, and then there's a Murlocs, there's a Poison Murloc as well in there. Like okay, then. It's not really a Murloc comp, though I think it's that's the easiest comp to get like three Amalgadons, right? Because you just start buying Brand Lookout on Tavern 6, right? You put them, you put the Amalgadons in as a replacement uh, for the Murlocs, right? But other than that, I don't really see um, like just normal Murlocs, no Amalgadons really winning a lot of lobbies there. You know, Janus is the outlier, of course, but uh, that is a good point. And, and it's probably right that out of all the uh minion types that would be the one that um i i probably struggle with that i you know sometimes tend to force you know you just get it early you know a couple more likes and you just like you start forcing it you hit a brand and you're like ah oh, you know maybe i'll do it and you still end up like kind of struggling right you maybe have one poison minion or two but people have like like super divine shield quill boards that like three shot everything you know so I, I think that makes sense. Probably the um the one that struggles, right? I I I, I think um I would agree that I, I think viability is probably there with everyone. Like I've I've won comp with every minion type out there, right? And um even though some are like some have better end games than others, but they have their place, right? Like jugglers, right? don't normally win games but they can and they spike a lot earlier than some of the other compositions right like yeah uh, there's always you been just end lobbies right yeah. if you get the golden juggler early yeah down, yeah, sure. yeah whereas you know if you get like macaw macaw golden right it, it spikes a lot later but they have their strength right and they they do they do a lot better if if they have the setup right but a lot of times you'll you'll get killed before that if you're fighting a like a, a juggler lobby and things like so um i do so, agree with rdu there and that they're all on, on the subject of murlocs like um I, I wanted to ask both of you when because because i actively try to steer away with it with as much force as i can when you know sometimes you just have these shops where it feels like bob is just baiting you down a path or like all right the two war leaders are the best things in the shop i guess that four four that buffs my murloc is the best thing now but i just those games never end well for me where suddenly I'm on Tavern Tier 4, I'm in the mid game, and you know, I maybe have one pair, and the rest is just like Murlocs where you bought a Seer or you bought a 4 4. So I was wondering, like, what do you guys do there? Do you just like very actively never buy the buffs and just like say, okay, we're not doing that? Do you buy the buffs, but then, you know, like try to get the brand, or do you just try to transition out of it? Uh, I personally buy the buffs, you know, just knowing me, I, I do. And um, either I will try to hit an early like i'll try to triple into an early five and then if it's uh what's it called uh Bergurgo, no <laughs> not brad if it's Bergurgo, then i'm like okay i i'm not dying immediately and then i'll like go to five and see uh but uh if it's brand i've i've pretty much found that if i go triple get a brand i'm gonna die uh, a lot of the times with murlocs it's just like the 
the turn I take, so what will happen is I'll go get the brand and then the turn I level to five, I'll take too much damage. And then I have like one turn in a row, right? And hit a lookout, basically. I have to hit a lookout. If I hit a lookout, then we have a game, basically. If I don't hit a lookout, then the game's over for me. So uh, that's that's been my brand experience. I need to, I, if I get the brand, then I need to hit a lookout uh, at some point, uh, the turn afterwards, or I'm dead. So uh, that sucks. Burgergo, however, it's a lot there's a it's a lot more forgiving because if you have a full bird relax you hit a burgergo that's plus four four to everything and it just like it keeps you alive for like a significant amount of time so um and you can put like a like a baron or something that an extra turn or, or whatever like just for a turn just to see uh and, and that'll keep you alive so like what sometimes what happens is i'll go murlocs and then i'll like hit burgergo and i'll put a baron and then like that alone will take me to like top top five top four like that alone like and i'm just like okay and then like i get nothing else <laughs> and that that already like got me into a comfortable spot so uh that's that usually is happens to me a lot but whenever i do take it i do i do like see myself struggling so i i i think it's a good idea to really announce analyze whether or not you want to be going relax this game right if they are giving you everything then sure but um so yeah there is a big week so unless everything handed's not so great what about you uh are you what do you usually i mean do i feel about the same way and like with murlocs i kind of like staying on tavern four looking for bogargo mostly but yeah bran as well and i'm not really super happy to go to five unless i don't know unless i really need more bogargles because you pretty much have everything you need on four. So like, unless you have like super good board and you need Brambo Gargle, I would just stay on four most game with Miralox, to be honest. Just cycle buffs and look for Toxpins. It's yeah. pretty boring, but I don't know if there's anything better you can do. Sure, with Jadis, you can go five and then maybe even go to six, but on other heroes, not really. Yeah. Yeah, I just always find myself bottoming out in that situation where like, ugh, so I'm just like really cautious of like, all right. Don't lead me down this path, Bob. I'm gonna buy the first thing that's not Murloc that's decent that I see. Yeah, you just take too much damage when you level to five. A lot of times with with the comp, like I've done it so many times. <laughs> just like you just take too much damage. It's it's not it's not worth it. Just try to get the burger and then see if you can do something from there. If you get the brand on for the burger, like it's 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 surprisingly easy to get the Murloc triples because a lot of times the, the Murlocs you're starting with are like tier, Tavern 1 Murlocs. So there's a lot of times you have a good chance of getting at least one or two triples, right? You hit a lookout, it's super easy to get another triple and, and things like that, right? So you you have the opportunity of getting a five, right? And seeing what the five gives you kind of determines whether you you you, uh, you keep it for a turn and try to like commit or or you just like keep the strong murlocs and then get rid of everything else right like that's that's why some people have like one poison murloc in their composition that's like some somewhat tanky right they started murlocs yeah, and then the chosen one yeah the well, chosen the, one yeah and then, yeah every every other one got ripped away and you poison that chosen one and then you just like run menagerie that's what I see, or that's what I do a lot of the times if I'm going Murlocs. I start Murlocs and then I swap. I keep the one I like, and then everything else dies when I go Menagerie. Yeah, that's usually what happens to me. But yeah, I, th I thought it was an All interesting right. discussion just because um, 
I I initially was thinking, oh, you know, do I play every comp, you know, every archetype? And I was like, I kind of do. So I wanted to see if you guys kind of agreed with the um, the viability of every every single archetype. So uh, it's funny to see you all kind of agree. Maybe Murlocs are a little weak. Maybe Little Rag Elements is a little weak. Maybe Demons don't win lobbies, but they can like end, end other people's games really early. So, yeah. Uh, kind of... Uh, uh, a side note what's your favorite minion lobbies what do you like seeing like removed from the pool right you know what what are you happy when you're like ah oh, this is gone yes this is gone yes this is gone yes you know what kind of a uh, kind of thing do you like there you can go first are you what's your favorite like lineup i like not having quillbar and not having mechs because then i can just go for what <laughs> that's put the biggest minion first and kill them do you also the not like Mur do you also not like murlocs then right if you're going yeah for i also sets. don't really like murlocs yeah so it'd be it'd be no quillbores mechs and murlocs so you could just go yeah, i'm big always stats. winning that lobbies those lobbies <laughs> like big stats smash roar. raw stats uh makes sense i i like uh lobbies where all the bad tier six minions are gone <laughs> <laughs> so that it's like oh i'm going i'm getting a six every option's a good option you know so uh that's usually elemental the kind of a struggle i like when pirates are in and, and dragons and stuff like that so when the uh when all the bad tier sixes are out of the pool it's like yeah let's go <laughs> i can't go wrong from here uh that kind of thing what about you Shady? Yeah, for, for me, it depends whether my hero will be good at pulling sixes or not. So any hero that's not good at pulling sixes, mech's got to be in for me. Like, it's so good because tier four becomes hardly worth playing if mechs aren't in. Because, you know, like, Module is such a, such a powerful card, as, as mentioned by RDU. And then Deflecto. Deflecto and Module on a reset can just carry you on their own for quite a long time right if you get like a 15 damage deflecto that gets to deal its damage two times and then you you know have that reasonably sized egg that then resets and does some damage on its own you get a when you get one arm of the empire suddenly you're talking right that, that comp already is headed towards tier four if you have say a hook dusk right then i'm just looking all right just give me give me my tokens right i just want the money right same with millhouse right if it, i get excited when i have a millhouse i'll be like elementals in beasts in murlocs in pirates and let's go baby get all the money just get to play the game right those so for me it's a bit hero dependent but i will say if i have a really if i good hero millhouse for me is a good hero it's just like give me my tokens so i can do my shenanigans and then give me good six drops right so if you're playing Millhouse, you want Elementals to be in. But if you're not Millhouse, you want Elementals usually to be out. Because, you know, Millhouse loves the reroll Elemental, this Elemental, etc. But if you're not Millhouse, right, you just want to see Pirates in, Quillbores in, and then Elementals out, and then a variation of the other things. Because then you just know, oof, I can hit the Eliza, I can hit the Flat Tusk, and there's no Rag, no Genie, no Gar in my way, right? So that that's usually it for me, like Hero Dependent. Token shenanigans really fun. Mechs for the bad heroes. And then the heroes that have a really easy time pulling sixes, Pirate Quillbore and Elemental out. Yeah, I I, I agree. I think uh, when tokens are in and you got those good heroes that could really utilize it, it's so fun, right? You're, you're, I mean, it's so mean. Honestly, like you're yeah, yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> and you're just like getting free money and it's just like, yeah, I'm sorry, guys. You got, you're getting robbed here. You know, I'm Janice today you know 
free fives and or stuff like that yeah it's just kind of unfair you know so i i do agree with that uh when when you can get those token uh heroes and the token shenanigans they're all in and you just like you just go from there and dominate the lobby so i i agree with that kind of mentality. um next thing we talked about is making plays to consistently win so um sometimes when i'm like streaming or when i'm watching people stream right um there'll be some situations where uh the plays i make look a little risky or look a little weird right but they're like the only line i see to go for like that first place spot and and i and when i was watching Ardia, i i see that he does this a lot as well where it's like i'm he's gonna go for the play that's gonna get him the wins and he does get the wins you know but a lot of times right sometimes when you do that you get punished and you get like top eight or top seven and stuff like that so like even just the the games today right you can see there's a lot of like ones in there there's all sevens you know no not a lot but there's a couple of sevens in there just like going for the risky play and sometimes you get punished but a lot of times you get rewarded in that first place and and sometimes when people are asking like how do you win or how do you how do you get better and stuff like that right uh being able to identify those moments in times like sometimes you'll you'll get an early pair or i'll get an early pair and i just like i remember a game i had was it yesterday or something where i was just holding my triple in my hand and i was just like i'll just you know i'll just wait <laughs> And I just like waited until I leveled the tower five, just dropped it there, got my six, right? And then I used that six to win the game, right? Where other players would have just gotten their four or gotten their five or, or whatever, right? And then like maybe top four, right? And instead of like taking a little bit extra damage early, getting that six and then using that to win the game. So um, I see RDU doing this a lot, just going for that riskier line. Uh, at least risk your early game, but then getting that big power spike and then like stabilizing from there, right? It does take a lot of skill to be able to um, like identify those moments and then also be able to stabilize. And then sometimes, you know, it doesn't doesn't go well, but a lot of times it does and you can then get like that consistent win streak going. So I just wanted to see if you guys had any other like ideas or tips or like men uh, mental states when you're you're playing and, and things like that. I don't really like. I play to win, as you said. I, if anything, need to play more defensively in some situations. So I'll definitely <laughs> listen to the KD podcast where he talks two hours about uh, the town builds, so I can like play more defensively because I just play to win and like I don't conceive playing for like fourth place, yeah. but I should some of the time. Me during this podcast with Shady has made me so much better at identifying, oh, maybe I need to like slow down here. Because I remember like every game is a tier six game, for, like initially for me, like every game. It doesn't matter what's in the shop, what's in the lobbies. That doesn't, I don't care. <laughs> Let me get my tier six. And Shady's like, you know you could like not do that and like win more games i'm like what do you what, what are you what are you talking about what is what is not getting a six and like okay think about this okay you get the four you stay on four you don't take 50 damage <laughs> and then later on you get your six and then you win and it's like huh i'll try that and it, it, it's it's been working out for me so i i do think uh you know, I, I've definitely have that issue and I still have that issue. <laughs> it's like, it's not fixed <laughs> where 
just being aware that you can be safer and still still win the lobbies even if playing like playing safer can still win you lobbies and that's that's something that uh i learned a lot just like listening to shady and like hearing his ideas on how to play the game for, for me it's the exact opposite right <laughs> like sometimes you get you guys be like no 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 no, go for the win go for the win. you got this you guys like ah third is okay right mm, that's positive mmr so it, it's the exact opposite so yeah, I, I, I recognize we know when I got the hook task and the fancy stuff, I'm like, all right, slam dunk, let's do this, let's get this, slap this, let's go for the win. But a lot of the time I was like, oh, Harbinger, heart right into tier four. Like, <laughs> we're not leveling anymore. We're just because I'm so comfortable once I get Harbinger or you know, like you like a module and an arm. I'm just like, why take the chance? Why am I ever going to five here? And yeah, sometimes you're just too healthy and too strong to not do it because as much as I shit, so this is the thing, right? I shit on people that go to five with, like, kill them, right? They're on tier five. Their board is absolute garbage and they're triple. I'm just like, why did you go to five? This is suicide, right? And as much as I shit on that play, if your board is strong, sometimes people can look at my board as like, why is this guy not going to five? He's so strong, right? So it's the opposite there. Like, sometimes I'll be too strong and in too good of a position where I could be tier six two turns from that turn. But then I didn't do it because I was too comfortable on tier four. And I, you know, maybe I get really unlucky and there's like a really big high roller later on and then just deals 33 to me out of nowhere. And I'm just like, oh, crap, I didn't even get top four now because I played too safe. Right. So that's 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 my issue. But yeah, overall, I'd say I, I probably do a lot better with bad heroes than than other like high level that, players. That's just probably because... true. Yeah, I've, I have so much practice just because tier four does not discriminate, right? We welcome all tiers of heroes, right? You're a hook disc that had a rough start, you know, welcome here. You're a you're a pyramid. That's fine. You know, just join the club, right? Just get some deflectos. Nobody looks at that silly hero power anymore. So yeah, that, that's that's probably my strength where I, I take like Mukla's to top two all the time because it's just like, all right, well, all I got to do is hold some bananas, find a divine shield and then play tier four, right? And then you get an arm and you can push for a second. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if there was anything else you wanted to hear there. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but uh, just in general, I I do think just having that mentality of uh, going for the wins, going going strong or playing playing strong, is a good. It, it's a good mental state to have, right? Some people play very safe, right? Like shady and and like does don't capitalize on those moments where you can go for like the high roll, right? Like basically, right? You sometimes you see like your opponents, right? And they have the high rollers because because they like doing this, right? And the higher level lobbies have more people that are willing to take that chance, right? Go for the uh, the strong things, right? And if you're not also doing that, right? You always you'll you'll never beat them in a in, in a sense right so um it's it's one of those things right but that balance is tough in that um sometimes you're playing too risky for no reason right and that happens to me a lot uh i i, I don't know if you guys have this but do you guys like sometimes get in like a good groove or something where it's like I like you feel like you can't lose like oh, I know what I'm doing <laughs> like you feel like you know what you're doing and you're like oh yeah first place this game easy first place next game easy first place you know da 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 easy like I, I have that sometimes where um just like I'll have those days where I just feel comfortable in the game or something maybe I I slept right or, and, and I 
uh, my games go really well or, or something like that. You guys have that as well? I have it, but I also have the opposite of like, <laughs> it's too. having only bad games. Like another top eight. Uh, yeah. Another another Maev Romu top eight. When Maev was in the game. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. You're really shady. Definitely goes both ways. Yeah. I do have those invincible days for sure where you just, you know, I'm much more on tier six on those days, right? Because I'm just like, ah, let's do it, right? I think it's also something where you get reinforcements where I took the risk, I got rewarded. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Let's do it. And if you have some consecutive games where it works out and, and you're playing well on top of it, right? Where you, you make the right hedges and the right turns and you take opportunities where they're uh, maybe not so easy to see, yeah, that pays off. But then the exact opposite can happen where you might make the right play, but you get punished like crazy. You're like, oh, I guess I messed that up, right? And then you have another game where you might make then a very tiny mistake and you're like, oh, you know, I'm throwing again, right? But like the first game, you didn't actually throw. You just, you know, you lost a 15% or that happens, right? Like 85% of the time, you were fine there. So yeah, it's just a snowball effect both ways where if I feel like I'm playing really well, I'm like, oh, I'm playing really well, right? I'm, I can I can do this. And then otherwise, I just I just start assuming that I'm playing badly. And and it's this self-fulfilling prophecy where you start thinking you're playing badly, you actually start playing badly and yeah, it goes the other way. Yeah, my streams don't last long when uh, when that happens. Yeah, those streams are short, man. Those <laughs> are short streams. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but uh, uh, that's uh, that's very uh, it's very true. Good point. I like you bringing the realism at the end with <laughs> the loose streak turn games days as well. So yeah, but um, that will be uh, our show for today. Uh, I think we had a really nice show, really uh, interesting discussion there. But that's um, generally it. I want to thank everyone for the feedback. Thank you, RDU, for joining us here. It's always a pleasure having you here as well. Thank you for having me. Yeah, hope well, great, man. Cheers. Hope you had fun and uh, appreciate all the viewers and all the people giving us comments and uh, nice words and stuff. You can find us uh, feedback at HSBG Podcast at Gmail if you have a nice thing to say about any one of us. And you can reach me and Shady at Educate Collins and Shady Bunny on Twitch, YouTube, and Twitter is usually where we like to hang out. And where can they find you, RD? Uh, Twitch TV RDU Live and uh, Twitter G2RDU and Instagram, Instagram RDU.HS. All right, go get on that Instagram, folks. I barely touch mine, but uh, I think uh, there's a lot of good fancy pictures. We didn't really talk about your uh, the cooking uh, for you. How have you, how have you been liking that, uh, those cooking shows? I, I really like seeing some of the stuff you make it. Looks fun. I like it, but it's like a different world. It's like very different than the gaming world. I'm trying to combine the two of them, and I feel like I'm not there yet, but I'm working on it quite a lot. And um, I prefer that to playing other games. But maybe I'll get into playing other games while still playing Battlegrounds, Constructed, and Cooking. So we'll see what the future holds. You, you, I think you could play Battlegrounds while cooking. I think that's uh, that's playing very... Battlegrounds while cooking. That's a good idea. Yeah, I think that's very doable. Uh, they give you that. They give you that. Uh, that timer, right, where you can just like set things up. Okay, da, 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 da. right. You have to think on the fly, though, right? Because you'll, you, you need to focus on the cooking, and then you have like fifteen seconds to do your turn. Da, 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 da. Okay, okay. Start baking. Or that, that's a good idea, though. Definitely sounds fun. But um, that will be our show for today. You can catch us on YouTube tomorrow. 
and uh, on all the uh, podcast directories that people have told me that they wanted on. So I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the show and we'll see you on the next week.